I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. TLDR, you guys are awesome. I've got too much fucking shit on. (laughs) I don't even want to be around anymore. It's too fucking hot. God damn it, Nick. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Wow. Oh, Oh, yeah, it's Joe. I thought it was Miles Morales. (laughs) And welcome back to TLDR, your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. With me, as always, is my hunk and grime. Together, we couldn't put the Woodward and Bernstein more into the Woodward and Bernstein of the DSG than we have lately, Nick. How's it going, my friend? It's been uh, it's been quite the run, Joe. And this week marks a slight pause, or the 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 end. No, I guess next week's going to be the pause because um, we have Rodney Barnes. So this is the end of the what is it five week stretch that we uh, talked. You know, comic book creators. We started with. Kieran Gillen, right? Yep. And Stephanie Hans. And then we went to John Boy. And then we went to uh, – I'm missing somebody in here. Uh, we had Scott Steiner, Greg Polo, and then Bart. So it was four weeks then. Four weeks, yeah. Four so weeks. My, my apologies. Okay, yeah, I did the math wrong originally. But, yeah, so we talked to Rodney. Um, of course, Nita Hawes Nightmare Blog dropped this week. We will talk about that specifically more later. But all around, I mean, we love talking with Rodney. And, I, I mean, the shit that he talked about outside of Nita Hawes and Philadelphia that's going to, like, come within that universe, Joe – I could not be more excited for that shit. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's always a blast talking to Rodney, you know, and he's so thoughtful and and so considerate, you know, and, mm. you know, what once so busy. Right. And so busy. But once you start getting them rolling, man, it's great because the news just keeps keeps coming. And yeah. I mean, uh, Nita Hawes dropped today. Uh, I mean, as much as we love Philadelphia, this first issue blew us both away. Like, I think I told Rodney, we don't know how you know how it was possible to get more you know mm. fucked up and ferocious than philadelphia uh but he somehow managed to, to scare me even more you know not that that's difficult but need a hodge man read it so good we, now fantastic i mentioned this in my review on geek worldwide but joe and i did get to look look at uh the second and third issues of need a nightmare blog and it only gets better with each issue we're not going to go into it farther than that we didn't do that with rodney either one thing we did find out with rodney though is you guys saw us tweet out a little bit uh a couple weeks ago when we actually did talk to him uh, rodney's going to be doing a mandalorian series for marvel which the first one it seems like it's going to be kind of more about the first season kind of like a um a comic like just kind of like summarizing all that together which i don't necessarily hate because we're gonna you know mandalorian whenever that third season comes up i'm gonna need to you know a refresher in some capacity but I do hope that they kind of let him do his own thing within the Star Wars universe with that character, with Baby Yoda, because I'd like to see if there's other stuff that's kind of happened on the side with them. I'd love to see a little bit more of that, but I'm just excited for him to get that opportunity too. Yeah, and he's doing the IG-88 uh, series that drops. Uh, or that, I, No, yeah, the, 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 that was the one shot for the Bounty Hunter stuff, and that was this week too. Was it this week or is it next week? It was supposed to be this week, or did, either way. Like he, he so did I that. noticed, I noticed when I was doing this. A lot of shit got pushed uh, pushed to next week. Like when you know, when we got our um, yeah, like hell image stuff. Image, yep, yeah, like half our image uh, stuff got pushed back. You know, a week. So, but you said five weeks earlier, Nicholas. That wasn't mm-hmm. a slip. Well, wasn't a there, slip. We next got a week, something else cooking up. There's a pause next week. We'll tell you that right now. But then at the week after that. There will be another Friarside chat that Joe and I have already had the pleasure of recording. Um, we did that the I same. I recovered from that, by the way. I'm still, 
It's like fucking ectoplasm all over the place in here. Yeah, I can't wait to have a little bit of time to reflect on that more um, in the coming weeks when, uh, when when that's actually live for everybody. We're gonna we yeah. will tell you guys next week who it is, so maybe we can do a little bit there. Um, but uh, we don't want to take away from the Rodney Barnes conversation or the Scott Snyder Greg Capullo one, which was also awesome. Yeah, what a week that was, man. I mean, holy smokes, this whole rollout that you know that he's been doing with Comicsology and Scott Tober and. I mean, the fact that he proposed this and then we were able to follow through with it and have Greg Capullo on and then just all the, you know, all the you know, the, the tweets and the retweets from Scott and Comixology and Greg Capullo. And, you know, it was just it was a wild week, man. I mean, mm-hmm. all three books now. Yeah. Uh, the reviews are all up on Geeks Worldwide. Uh, we have Demons Clear and uh, Night of the Ghoul are all fucking homers. and just read them you know even if you just do it for the first month so you can read the first issues go to comicsology unlimited read those books mm. they will be on dark horse we don't know when but they will be in print i think scott said six months after so yeah you know so if you want to wait that long i'll tell you right now with we have demons you're definitely not gonna want to do that that was my number one um i feel like it was clear or we have demons your number one Oh, clear was my number one for okay. sure because that just that Good. just scratched every itch that I have when it just comes to reading, uh, you know, in general with that sort of futuristic noir Maltese mm-hmm. Falcon type vibe to it. But and and then Manipul's colors, and and art in that book were yeah something else. Yeah, I now I like Clear. Don't get me wrong, but it was definitely number three for me. Night of the Ghoul, which came out this week, um, and we will talk about that a little bit more in a second. Was my number three. But before we jump ahead to what's new, I do want to mention there's going to be a pretty big programming note that I'm going to go over at the end of this uh, episode. So we're on TLDR 51. So just make sure you guys listen to that at the end because it's going to be a change in our streaming when the episodes drop and everything. But we'll get into that later on. Right now, let's talk about catching up, Joe. Um, for me, I had no one left to fight. Two issue one. I really like this first arc, and I was hoping to talk about it um, at some point on the show. But just the way our scheduling has been recently with solicits and all these interviews and everything like that, and last week we, the live show with with Scott and Greg kind of threw things off. But I really enjoy No One Left to Fight. The art Fico Osio, um, he does the colors in that too. He's got like this cotton candy feel to his art because of the colors that he uses. But at the same time, this is like kind of manga ish. And it's just, it's very cool. And it's all about like what happens in this world after, you know, you just saved the planet. This is the dude that saved the planet. This is his friend. This is the guy, the girl that he's married, his friend's married to, who he also happens to like. It's just like a whole bunch of drama. Um, And I I really enjoyed that series. It was a good start to the second arc. Of course, it's Aubrey Sitterson writing that. Um, Batman the Imposter issue one, Future State Gotham issue six, and then Power Rangers issue 12. You got a whole, you got a lot of shit happening with the Power Rangers right now. Like one of my favorite ongoing series with like legacy characters. Um, but what have you been catching up on? Oh man. So I caught up on a, on a ton because we didn't do, uh, you know, what's new last week. Mm. So, I mean, between all of, you know, preparing for, you know, the interviews we've had, you know, John boy and Rodney and, and Snyder and, and Capullo, there was, and then it just, you know, you know, yeah. Everything else, and then you, you freaking know, decided in the midst of all that to cram for what you're talking about today, which I still don't understand why you cram did that. for that and get a job, Nicholas. Yes, yes, sir. Yes. Very happy for you. Yes, Doc is back, baby. Yes, but, sir. Uh, so, so it's been it's been a real hectic, but a good kind of hectic, you know, past couple of weeks. So mm. I've, I've tried to, you know, get, and I'm still I'm still woefully behind, uh, but uh, the Joker number eight that continues to be, you know, the best uh, Jim Gordon book going. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I'm enjoying that. Uh, X-Men. I thought I had read, read X-Men number three. I hadn't. So I read that today. Um, so I still have to read X-Men four, um, you know, caught up on Darth Vader, Spawn, Parasomnia, yeah. Batman, Crush Lobo. Um, I'll tell you what, Nicholas. I finally got a chance to read Dark Ages number two. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, dude. 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 Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It might be. Mm, it, I, I'm. I'm. I may be jumping the gun here, but right now, maybe my favorite Marvel thing that we have. I think so. I think yeah. so because it's just, it's different, right? And yeah. Oh, yeah. It, 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 and like I said, Taylor's on a goddamn heater. He cannot mm. be stopped right now. We're going to be mentioning him a lot today, actually, throughout a lot of these books. Mm. Uh, but Shang-Chi, number five, uh, was really good. Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters, uh, number five. You know, I read that. Apparently, that this whole thing is just part one of a three-part Marvel event. Uh, I mean, at least Star Wars, so it's kind of a little more contained, but what the fuck? It's a like, lot, man. I mean, I love Star Wars. Give me Star Wars, but it's like, a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be mainline a... bounty hunter, War of the Bounty Hunters, like books outside of Darth Vader going for because I just, yeah. I just can't commit, man. It's you know, they had a thing. I saw something came out with um like the Siths and like Palpatine and like it was like a, a book. I don't know if it's. I don't think it's a graphic book. I think it's like you know just prose where he's talking about. It's like his journal. From in between the last Jedi and um, Rise of was it the last Skywalker, whatever the last one was, like between like his whole like up you know, rise back into like power for you know a brief minute. Um, I guess he, they did a thing with that. Give me more old Sith stuff. That's all I want. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like that's why isn't that what everybody wants? I mean, so I don't know if you've ever read Darth Plagueis, uh, Plagueis, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah. Um, but it's a great book. It's basically like it's Palpatine's origin story. And that's okay. that's what Phantom Menace should have. That's what Episode One should have been. Like half of that movie should have been the real origin, uh, or at least some. The midichlorian origin. stuff is just well. In some ways, it was his origin, but it's this way. It's a real weird start. But to not this. really. Yeah. No, like, no, because you, yeah. you can like. That's the shit that you could dig into and explore and be absolutely fascinating and make great movies yeah. or great shows or even great comics, right? Yeah. So that that's the stuff that I want. And I mean, I'm loving the Darth Vader book, but it's I mean, it's contained within a you know a very particular period of time between yeah. you know um, uh, um, um, yeah so Empire and, and Jedi. But like, so so give me like some completely original stuff. Give me Sith stuff. Yeah, I th and I actually did buy the Darth Raven book. I haven't read it yet because you know when it comes to prose, I'm a little bit behind. Plus, we have so much else. Like I'm looking at my my place right now, and I mean, you are on a stack of books right now that I that I have yet to read that I'm going to read for the show. I have another one to the left too. Actually, I did recently buy Benjamin Percy's book, The Ninth Metal. By it's the way, tremendous. I'm almost done. I've been a yeah. little little slower finishing that, but it's it's absolutely fantastic. Speaking, speaking of people, we got to talk to. We got to touch base with him soon because yeah. uh, he's got that Wolverine stuff coming that he's announced. But yeah. anyways, um, so yeah, I'd love to see more shit stuff but let's not waste any further time and get to what's new this week in comics joe and we will start with comicsology of course we talked about night of the ghoul and you reviewed it for geeks worldwide i read this i, I read all these before we talked to scott of course because we want to make sure we're as well read as we can be on these things um and the first issue i'm like this is like i mean the reason i asked this question is right away as i'm reading it's like this is a character that feels like has been around forever like yeah, and and he I know understand like that's kind of what he's trying to do when he writes it, but it's just it's not something that's so easy to do. 
but he has done it like with other shit. He did it with a quarter of owls too. Yeah. And I'm just blown away as I'm reading it. It's like, this is totally a out of left field kind of like, this isn't like a story based in a, a set universe like DC. Right. So maybe in some ways that's easier, but also like you still have vampires and Frankenstein and all this other stuff that you like kind of have to work with. And it's like, this thing has been there the whole time. And that, blew me away with this story the whole thing's good in general but that one aspect of it's like this is why i want to read it more yeah and there was like i don't want to you know spoil or any, spoil anything but there was a moment where one of the characters he talks about you know you know the ghoul and sort of describes like you know what he is what his mythos means you know in the creation of you know that character and, and this film so you know i read it I loved it, and and the thing I loved about it, Nick, and, and I mentioned this in my in my review, is that it you know when you read it, it has that sort of universal monster movie feel to it, right? It mm. it, it really does with Snyder's writing and Frank Avella's art, it really does sort of take you back to that golden age of horror films, you know. And then you add the mystery of you know you know of the film and all the misery that sort of followed it because we was it The Exorcist where it, 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 there's like this curse. You know, people have, you know, died, been around. There's one of those movies that has sort of like this quote unquote curse attached to it. And that's sort of the feel you kind of get, you know. Oh, it's Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Thank you. You know, that that feel you get with this fictional, you know, you know, uh, you know, story within a story, so to speak. So, I mean, I love Frank Avella's art because it is dark and there is the just inherently he has this horror vibe to his art. So. Uh, it, it was a fantastic book. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's, so three for three for him yeah. to start off the uh, start off Scott Tober and everything. Or I guess Scott Tober is technically over. He's gonna have a he's gonna have a sampler for all these three. I think next week. But yep. either way, if you have Comicsology at this point, you you're reading all those because you have access to all of them now. Um, but uh, but then we got some other stuff. It looks like so he said it's gonna be March. And then there's another. I forget what the later date was with you know Jock. And there was another. I think it was. The Raphael Albuquerque book; those are going to be released like in the spring of next yeah. year or something like that, or, or summer, I should say. But um, I can't wait for those to get rolling. As for DC this week, of course, you are reading Batman. We had uh, issue one fifteen out, Batcat issue eight, which you have dropped off on. No more hate reading. Uh, Suicide Squad eight, Shazam four, Catwoman, Lonely City issue one, Batman Secret Files, Peacekeeper one issue one. I'm, I didn't get to read those two, but I might go back and give those a look. Um, we got Batman versus Big Me two. I, I like the first. First issue of that refrigerator full of heads issue one are you gonna read this i'm gonna i mean uh i'm definitely gonna read it i, I okay. read some i read some reviews that weren't so hot but mm. um i'm definitely gonna read because i love the first one so much so this is you know, naturally gotta read this okay now i also read uh nubia in the amazon's issue one and it was like it's you know you're trying to set a table to you know a character who's been around but like they're trying to bring her to the forefront more who i think has a lot of potential i liked her stuff in future state so you know, I'm willing to give this a little bit room to kind of develop, but we'll see. You know, Wonder Girl is another is like this similar thing where it's kind of been a letdown. Um, you know, the art and everything is great, but it's just been slow moving with the plot. So I'm hoping with this, it seems like you know, issue two is going to have a little bit more going. Um, definitely good for you know younger some younger readers. You know, trying to get to know some new characters, but not. I I'm hoping that the next issue is a little bit better. Uh, we also got Superman, Son of Cal El. Issue four, which I think this is the one I'm so I'm behind on this. I only read the first issue, so I fell behind. Which oh Jesus, yeah, Nicholas. Yes, yeah, so I, I well, I other stuff, and also I figure if I'm behind on this one, I get too far behind. And if you really like it, you can talk about it on the show. So not that we're in a shortage of books to talk about, but yeah, Nick, it's so good. So, like the next issue is the, the big one. 
Okay. Right? We've heard about this in the news, you mm-hmm. know, as, as John Kent coming out as bisexual. I think it's tremendous. On CNN, I think, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, absolutely tremendous. And, and, and so this issue was, this issue was big. It's been good. So the first three issues, there's it, a lot of emotional stuff, right? It's been going on, especially between John and, and Clark. And, and this issue was just a little bit more action, a little bit less, you know, you know, philosophical, emotional, but I think it's setting up because we're really going to get hit with it, you know, uh, in the next issue. So this is one that again, Tom Taylor, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gotta, gotta get on this one. And, uh, and before we, we move on to the next book here real quick, we want to talk about DC. Do you feel like future state was a year too soon? Um, do you think, cause the way things are kind of going right now? Yeah. Cause I'm reading all the books now, like the, you know, with Batman 115, Nightwing, all the fear, you know, the fear, uh, with fear, all state. The fear state stuff with, with the, you know, son of Kal-El, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if they had just stayed the course, like we could be right where we are now and not have had future state. And then if they released future state this January, it all would have made so much more sense. Well, I think, see, I think in the end it was, they're doing like what they, they absolutely are doing what they wanted to do. I just don't think it's coming across in the manner in which DC wanted no, to. They, did, they didn't because, execute it. Because it's like, I, I like they, they, I think they used so obviously death metal and everything, right. Is this whole big thing and whatnot. Right. And they used future state after it because it's like, Okay, you like this is just Wonder Woman looking into the future, which is we all found out later. This is the possible future that you could see, which then by having that mixed in with death metal, then it allowed like every title to kind of change course because that was the issue, right? Like you wanted to go and reset things, change things up, and whatever. Well, now you kind of have that that flexibility because we saw future state, and now everything's working in that direction. So it's, I think that. It, to me, what they're doing right now makes sense when you break it all down, but it is so convoluted. I mean, me breaking it down right there, I feel like I'm like missing something, but I'm not. It's just so much. Yeah, I understand your point. You want to kind of piggyback off the events of uh, Death Metal there, but uh, the stories that they told in Future State should have been the stories they're telling now, mm-hmm. right? And then the books for Future State, like you, they just they were a year too soon with it, right? Mm-hmm. They just were because. Because because now what they did was they flash forward, they showed you and they gave you all this information, and then they so so it's, uh, it's almost as if they went reset, okay, boom, and now here's the natural order of things, like you know with the magistrate and the peacekeeper and and wonder all, all that stuff. It just I feel like if they did the future state event, if they had done it this coming January, they could have found a way to to bring back the events of death metal uh, in a lead up. To future state, if they waited a year, they could have done that. I think just real easily, and it would have made those books much, you know, make much more sense. They would have made those books pop a little bit more. I think I would have had a much better appreciation for Superman: War of the Worlds, given that, like, you know, because you had all this lead up as to why Clark is leaving Earth, mm-hmm. and like, like, is that book like Superman: War of the Worlds in that moment didn't make sense because the Clark shit really wasn't happening yet. Yeah, I think at the end of it all, it just shows like it, they just got too cute with it. They they overthought it, man. And, yeah, and they would have they would have been a lot more successful, I think, had they had they pushed it off. But anyways, we digress. Let's get to Nightwing. <laughs> yes, Nightwing is night. So the the there, so Nightwing eighty five right this week, and obviously with Tom Taylor, I said it from the jump. This is a guy who's awesome and does a great job. But part of the reason he does a great job is because no character is ever safe. And as we're reading this particular issue of Nightwing, there is a character 
who we care a lot about in this story without spoiling who it is that we see like, what the fuck? And then we find out, okay. And then again, shortly after that, it's like, what the fuck? Because this is Tom Taylor and he's so good at doing this because he can also, he just also writes a good story and then you don't see it coming and then out of nowhere it pulls out the rug from under you. And he is just, I'm going to keep saying that he's one of the best at that. Yeah. That panel that you're talking about, I, my, I went, no, no, no way. Not no, again. No, 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 no. And then, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes Ugh. sense. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah, yeah that, that Tom Taylor's killing it. Nightwing is killing it. You know, he did this. This issue was a lot better uh, than the last one in the sense, like, because they're all t- tied into uh, uh, Fear State, and yeah, we kind of know how that goes. And so, I think Tom Taylor's doing a pretty good job at navigating having to kind of shoehorn what has been an awesome Nightwing story into that storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I thought he, this issue was a lot better at that than the last one. Cause we got some good emotional stuff in this one. And I think that's where Tom Taylor shines. Yeah. He, I think, yeah, he's, he's, he's showing he's not a one note writer. I mean, I, I don't think that's what he really was before, but I mean, he's just so good at killing off characters that I feel like that you, do you think of Tom Taylor to me, that's been the first thing, but he's showing he can create a much greater story. With Nightwing, that's not necessarily easy because I've said it, like, as much as Superman is challenging, Nightwing also is not without his challenges as well for similar reasons because of the way he carries himself and views, you know, the world and his crime fighting and everything. Um, and Tom Taylor's done a great job with it so far, and I don't, I don't expect anything, um, any reason for that to go in the opposite direction. I just can't, what I really can't wait for with Nightwing is that one issue that's going to be no panels, right? It's just one full thing yeah is it, the, is it the next issue it's either the next one or it's 87 i can't remember for yeah. sure but it's coming it's coming up it's right around the corner and i cannot wait for that uh we head over to marvel okay of course we're both reading uh x-men trial of magneto issue three is out this week um the death of dr strange issue two um star wars the high republic issue 10 and the final issue of the united states of captain america issue five i think i'll be able to talk about that on the show i really liked it it's, it was it was quite different um it's just a matter of like the in terms of the yeah no there's depth to it but anyways I, I'm gonna go back and, and circle back on that one it's, it's not so much about whether or not it was good enough or not it definitely was but sometimes you know with like Marvel or DC like sometimes there's not a lot of depth to those stories yeah. as much as we like them yeah. um, then we got also Phoenix Song Echo issue one out this week as for Boom there were two titles that you uh, are reading yeah so uh, uh, actually three um, so Eat the Rich number three oh. Man, this is when I came up with the boom rule. Boom, number one, read it. Like mm-hmm. this is the book that fits that mold, you know, wonderfully. Like something is killing the children. Like, um, um, uh, um, once in future, right? This has just been a book that I didn't see coming. Just like with those books, and it is wild, man. It is fascinating. I wish, I wish it had been a little bit further along because October would have been a perfect month. Today would have been a perfect day to talk about this book uh, it has been absolutely fantastic and a lot happens in this particular uh issue so i don't know how long it's planning on running i gotta check that out but eat the rich uh has been fantastic um and then what else ma number two i i read it and there's definitely horror elements to it but i don't know if this book is for me I'm going to read the next issue. It's got to like really kind of knock my socks off for me to want to continue with it. Like the second issue was good enough, but it took kind of forever to get there. Hmm. 
And like, I was just like, I remember just being halfway through going, okay, when are we going to, and then we start to get some of the horror bits to it. And I was like, okay, let's just, we'll give it one more issue. And then um, lastly, uh, Dune house of Atreides uh, issue 11. This is the book I actually want to talk about today because the movie's coming out on Friday, but it's, it's October, right? I gotta, I wanted to, I wanted it to is. do something. It is. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say this. I'm going to do a horror book after uh, October as well. I'm going to do it in the worst week, first week of November because there's a book I really want to talk about that came up during our conversation with Keith and Davey over on Dork. But uh, but yeah, anyways, you were saying. Yeah, so uh, this continues to be a great book. It's a great you know, sort of prequel to uh, the movie or the book Dune movie coming out this Friday. So I think it'll be great once I see the movie and once I finish the series to then talk about the book because then I can really dive into both and, and, and how great those are. So um, do if you're a Dune fan, this series is, is absolutely perfect. Over at Dark Horse this week, we have Masters of the Universe, Revelations, Issue 4, and then Tales from Harrow County, Fair Folk, Issue 4, not to be confused with God Folk. Uh, from Aftershock, we have Beyond the Breach, which you're reading, Issue 4, uh, IDW, TMNT 122, of course, your guy, Yusagi Ojimbo, Dragon, Dragon's Bellows Conspiracy, Issue 5, and then Max's new favorite title, My Little Pony Generations, Issue 1, which, uh, wait a minute, what is that? Oh, my wow. Look at that. It is My Little Pony. So I'm taking it. You picked it up for Mac or is that for Violet? Uh, I got one for Mac and one for Violet. So. Oh, my God. You are, don't let him ever tell you you're not a good friend. Um, from AWA, Not All Robots, Issue 3, which has been a great series that Joe and I have both been enjoying. Did not let you read that one alone from AWA. <laughs> uh, Fight Girls, Issue 5. And then uh, Titan, Gun Honey, Issue 2, which then brings us to the title that continues to have the best week after the best week after the best week. Uh, this one may take the cake, and I'm sure I'll say that in two weeks from now and then two weeks again. Um, Image Comics, we have King Spawn, Issue 3, from our guy Sean Lewis. Outstanding. We talked to him a while back before we started the series. If you want to, like, there's still stuff that you can learn from listening to that interview, so I encourage you guys to go back and listen. Uh, there's Ice Cream Man, 26. Second Chances, Issue 3, from our guy Ricky Mamone, who we had on a little while back as well. But then, Joe, we got Ant 1, which I did not get a chance to read. I didn't know. like we, This is something that's been teased for a while. We thought Hell Cop was coming out this week. It's apparently not because we didn't get the review copy for that. So confused with some of this shit. Man Among Ye, Issue 7, which I've been reading. Vinyl, Issue 5. Did you Are you still on that? I am, but that comes out next week. It got pushed. Why did we get the review copy for that then? We got like 20 review copies for yeah. Image this week, and half of them are for next week. How, okay. All right. So fair enough. But, okay. but I read vinyl. And? I, so, I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about this book. It's been so and weird. And I don't want to say it comes out next week, so I'm not going to say I'll, Okay. I'll so we'll, get to, we'll, we'll yeah. get to that next week then. Um, but we know for sure that came out this week. Uh, Gunslinger, Spawn issue one. Oh, yes. I love Brett Booth. He is, he has like, I don't understand how Brett Booth is not being asked to like every comic that has to do with like, it's like a superhero ish type character. And it, they can be kind of horror. Like, I'm not going to go say he would be the perfect fit for like night of the ghoul. Like you're like, that doesn't make sense. You're dealing with more real people. And then the scary monster. Right. But anything that's got like superhero reaction type, you know, guys and girls, you gotta have like everybody's gotta be at the top of everybody's list. He's one of the absolute best out there. Like I love, we love John Boy stuff. Brett Booth's another guy. I know Tyler Kirkham. He does mostly cover up, but I love his stuff too. I mean, there are plenty of others that we talk about, but like Brett Booth's a guy for me. Who's just, I just 
Like, I feel like I see more of his shit, like, all the fucking time. You did the X-Men Legends uh, issue yeah. one and two. Like, like more, please? And, uh, and look, McFarlane's, like, as I've said before, his plotting for the story is, is that's usually there. That that always like has some semblance of potential. It's good. The dialogue the, the, um, was actually not bad, the, but it's more the monologue in the narration in this. That's actually it was only narration. There wasn't monologue, but the narration in this was kind of like mm, you know, it's just. But that's what you get. The, yeah. the, this is what it comes down to. Yeah, it's 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 spawn book. So I mean, you know what you're getting there. But you know, I did think that... I don't think Greg could pull off my list when I was saying that. By the way, just total brain fart. That's yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like I just, I can't think of half the people. <laughs> Fucking unreal. It's only just had him on our goddamn show. Oh uh, man, but so I mean, to to get to to Todd's writing on this, um, you know, or in spawn in general, I mean, you know what you're getting, and you know that's why you know we loved you know we we're loving King Spawn so much. But man, yeah, Booth's art. Oh, yeah. In this book specifically, his way, the way he draws uh, Gunslinger Spawn and the way he oh, – Yeah. So fucking good. I mean this yeah. was just fucking high-octane badass from start mm-hmm. to finish. And there's some panels in here, man. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. There's some shit. And then and wow. also at, at the end of all this too, you're also getting art from – uh, let's see, Thomas Nachlik, Philip Tan, and Kevin Keane. And there's some, some really good stuff. These are like little like backup stories, but they're not like, they're not really, really backup stories. They're more just kind of building up the character and his like mythos and everything, which I appreciate. And I honestly, I said this in my review for Geeks Worldwide, give me more of that with this yeah. character. I'd love to, I'd love to have some more with him. And these artists are all pretty good. So I, I def- definitely take that. And also Al- Alice Cott was, I believe is how you say the name, A-L-E-S, wrote the last uh backup story which i believe is one that kevin keen drew i really like that one like if you can continue that one and you know i I wouldn't i just wouldn't mind seeing todd give someone else a little bit more room to work with this character like stick to the spawn main title and you know just was it sean is doing the scorched as well which i'm very excited for and i love that he's going to be running that show um but you know maybe i know you're excited about gunslinger but maybe just give someone else you know the reins (laughs) Yeah, and when I, last thing about Gunslinger I loved was the fish out of water aspect to him. Mm. What is gas? You know, and he's like, mm. "Fucking yeah. boy," you know. Yeah, so yeah. 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 Uh, and then, of course, last but not least, before we get into your book for this week, Nita Hawes Nightmare Blog Issue One, outstanding. As much as I love Gunslinger Spawn, I stand by what I said on Twitter. Um, this is the one. If you're picking up one first issue this week, if you're picking up one book in general this week, it has to be Nita Hawes Nightmare Blog. Absolutely outstanding. Very easy read, um, and I, I and I, one little thing, but I love how Rodney right away tells you like this is how it's linked to Philadelphia. All right, let's yeah. move on. Yeah, and it was, it was perfect. It was perfect because you know I was wondering how it was going to tie in because Philadelphia is obviously taking place in Philly, and this is taking place in uh, Baltimore, mm-hmm. right? So like, how are you going to do that? Or is there going to be a lot of like, is it going to you know be long and dried out? No, boom, he gets to it quick to the chase, and then and then that's really it, and that's mm-hmm. really only where the similarities lie. And I think Rodney said he had a lot more, I think he, you know, he, he basically said he's having a lot of fun writing this. I shouldn't say more fun, but he's having a lot of fun writing this because with Philadelphia, it's deep and it's mm-hmm. philosophical. And there's a lot of like moving parts that he's got to sort of keep in line where, Oh my God. Like, so many jokes with Nita Hawes, right? It's more of a paranormal detectives type story. Yeah, you're going to have like a buddy cop kind of thing. And then, you know, shit you got to deal with over five, six issues, maybe. And he can just have fucking fun with it, man. And you could tell because it's wild. And Mm -hmm. we've had the the, the privilege of being able to read the first uh, several issues. And 
boy, you guys are in for a treat. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like it's only going to get better too, because yeah. he has another thing that he, te- a couple things that he teases in our conversation. And one in particular that really stuck with me that I'm like, I'm like, I love Nita Haas, and you're talking about this. Like, I kind of, I think I'm more excited about this now. So it just, it just doesn't end. The man's on a heater. I can't wait to see this. You know, all this Philadelphia stuff get adapted yeah. into. I mean, I would think shows at this yeah. point, just a show, because Nita Haas, I mean, showing so much potential right out the gates. All right, uh, it is time, Joe. For it's been a while since we've done one of these. Uh, yes. Um, for you to talk about uh, a book that you've been reading that I have not read. Yeah, so this is one that I've had sort of earmarked to read for a while, and uh, it's it stinks, man, because last year, you know, the format of our show was was much different. But man, we only get to talk uh, really one horror book for uh, Dorktober, so I wanted to read this one. I'm reading Redneck by Donnie Cates from mm-hmm. Image Comics, uh, art by Lissandro uh, uh colorist D. Kniff, and letters by Joe Sabino, and. Just from the cover art, for those watching, you can see this is the part of the cover from issue one. Man, the art is vicious. Yes. And it is perfect. Brilliant. Perfect for this book and this story. Nice. Uh, so this is an actual quick synopsis, Nicholas. Oh. Um, so let's see. Redneck is a southern fried story of the Bowmans. They're your average family of vampires deep in the heart of Texas, just struggling to survive a world that would love to see them burn. Oh. So, so not a lot is given away, and which is which is nice. So it's a, it's a nice little intriguing synopsis, but it doesn't sort of give away the heart of what this is, which is uh, which is absolutely fantastic. So, uh, Redneck is still ongoing. Uh, this thirty issues out started in April twenty seventeen, and with issue thirty one dropping next month. When I uh, saw that you were going to try and fit as much of this as you could in before the show, I was like, "What?" The I got half of it in, Bray. Jeez, dude. That's- yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't question that you can read that much, but like, God, you had other things lined up. Yeah. Well, you know, I want, I, I, I really wanted to read this book because I've, you know, I love Donny Cates. I've talked about his books, you know, in the past, and so that like, this just felt right. Like week before Halloween, let's get some vamp, you know, shit in here. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is what Redneck is. Is it's just your average story of a family of vampires just trying to mind their own business. Right. So usually vampires, you think, you know, they're out for blood figuratively and literally. And mm-hmm. and, uh, you, you know, you know, you're getting a horror story, but this doesn't start off as a horror story. So, you know, it, it evolves into one. And, you know, the Bowman's, uh, which is your your main uh, you know protagonist in the story, which is weird to say, considering you're dealing with a family of vampires. Mm. Uh, but the Bowman's are a, a vampire family that have been around for a very long time. Uh, some longer than others, and they've decided that they actually want to live a peaceful existence. So they're, they're on a farm in Texas, and they found a way to survive off cow's blood. And they're able to sustain their you know existence by running a local barbecue joint. Okay, uh, with a couple of humans that they've uh, you know that they've become friendly with, and so you know that's sort of how the story starts, and you're getting a little bit of that sample as to sort of who some of these characters are, and it's weird to think of vampires just sort of like just chilling, you know, just mm. chilling in Texas, having a good time, running a barbecue joint, um, and and so there was a line in this book that that Cage wrote that you know. That, that comes amidst of the chaos a little bit further into the first arc where, you know, one of the characters says you don't get happy endings when you live forever. So hmm. these are characters that are complex. They're deep. They've seen a lot of trauma. Obviously they're, they're, they're vampires. And, 
you know, they're just sort of like doomed to this existence of, of immortality, which, you know, might seem great, but you know, for them, you know, it isn't. And so, you know, Cates has created quite a, a world and mythos here. You know, he, he, there's a lot of the normal vampire tropes, you know, involved here, right. You know, sunlight, you know, can't be out in the sunlight, got to be invited into places, you know, you know, things hmm. like that. But he's given these characters, you know, sort of this, this, this rich history, uh, interesting history, you know, origin. And right away you're sucked in, you know, just, you know, the first few panels, you know, is a, is an intro first few pages is an introduction. And then, you know, w- once the action starts to ramp up, it doesn't fucking slow down. Nice. I like the sound great. of that. So like the first, like the first issue is a slow build and then you get the end of the first issue and then boom, it's just, a rocket ship, you know, from there. And so, you know, it's, you got a bit of a Hatfield and McCoy's sort of storyline going here, at least in the first two arcs that I've read and where you've got the Bowman's and then you have the Landry's, the Landry's aren't vampires. They're just human scumbags, but there's been this, you know, the Landry's have been in this town of Texas, you know, for a very, very long time generations. And so the Landry's and the Bowman's have this long, you know, hateful history, you know, with each other. And let me tell you, the fucking Landry's are real pieces of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Not just used to be a piece of shit. They are still pieces of shit. White and, pants uh, and everything. Oh, it's, it's fucking brutal. And so they, people can change though. Yeah. Which is not this fucking guy. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay. But you know, so it's 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 you know this flipping of roles where the vampires are sort of your protagonist and the humans are your your antagonists and this is where Kate's really shines. I think you know we love writers like Taylor and Zadarsky, for example, because they understand their characters so well. They're you know the good guys so well. You know they they make them flawed, but they 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 know how to write them. Kate's does the opposite with you know with the villains. You know we saw it with. Venom. Venom's one of those cool characters, right? Because he's sort of that shade of gray. Uh, yeah. He knows how to write him you know, to be very vicious, but he can also write him, you know, on the other side really well. But like, I always thought it was his work with Null and uh, Cletus Cassidy, mm-hmm. which is where Cage really shined. Like, because those are those are villains mm-hmm. that you just loathe and detest, and they always have like they're always one step ahead. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of what we get here, you know, with Redneck, where this character Landry, he's a this particular character, you know, iteration of Landry. He's a he's a town preacher, similar to the character from Crossover, that preacher character in Crossover. Right. That hateful um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. father figure. And so he's just he's drawn to look evil. You know, his actions, he's just full of malice. And the book starts off really with. You know, uh, you've got this family of vampires. They're all, you know, various ages. You know, these are my boys, and they look like they're in their 30s and 40s, but that's just sort of the age they were when when they're converted. But they want to go into town. They want to have, you know, they're sick of being in the house. They just want to go into town, um, you know, have have themselves, you know, a good time. And so those are uh, those you know, those characters are the son of JV, who's sort of the family patriarch. And he's like, I don't want you boys going to town causing trouble, you know, kind of thing. Mm. Don't worry, we won't. And so your main character in the book, uh, Bartlett, he's an older, he's an older member of the family. And he tells, he's like, JV, I'll go in. I need to get out of here as well. I'll go take a look at, you know, I'll look after, make sure they don't get into trouble. So he goes into town, finds out 
they got into trouble. They got into trouble with the Landrys. And then the way the first issue ends is that one of those boys, the, 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 the Bowman boys, is found in daylight hanging from a noose from the tree. And all their cow stock, or, or their livestock, I should say, is dead on the in front of their farm. And you've got Bartlett, who is your main character. He's he's passed out, and 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 JV, you know, thinks that he did it. And the shit, you know, the way that Kate writes his stories, you think like, okay, this guy Bartlett, you know, he's definitely got a past. He's a bit of a coward. What the fuck did he do? You know, did he, you know, just go nuts and start killing everyone? And how the story unfolds, and how the Landrys get involved, and there's another character named Grandpa who lives up in the attic, and you want to see a creepy fucking looking character? Mm. This guy, oh, like legit, hmm. legit frightening to look at on page. Okay, really. And the, role, and the role that he plays, not just within his whole family, but also like in this whole thing that that gets orchestrated between the Landrys. It's like that's just the first arc, man. And it like from the end of the first issue to the end of issues or to issue six is fucking wild. And then where you go from you know the second arc six through twelve uh, gets even. It's just. It's such a well-written story, you know, the, 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 the twists and turns, like there, there aren't like a lot of zigzags through this stick, but like, there's a point where things pivot and all of a sudden you're sucked in. Like you, hmm. you, you said, I can't believe you like undertook Nick. I read these first two arcs like that. So there hasn't been at all like a lull. Cause I know you're not all the way through 30, the 30 issues that we've gotten to this point, but there's not at all like a lull. No, like, eh. no lulls, no lulls. Cause it's so. You know, you 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 get a little, you know, backdrop on each character, and I haven't even like really mentioned them all. Like like Bartlett, you know, he he's sort of the main character, the narrator. He's got a great backstory, and he's 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 a he's a well written coward, and you learn about his mm. past and why he acts that way, and and you know the role that he plays, you know, is tremendous. JV, like I said, he's sort of like the family patriarch, you know. He's but he's a badass. He's a strong vampire. You don't want to. You don't want to cross him. And then his three sons, Slap, Greg, and Seamus, they're, they're bit characters. Uh, Slap is the one that gets killed off right away. And that sort of is sort of the first domino that falls into this chaos that takes us, you know, these peaceful vampires and really just, you know, puts things up on end. Mm. Um, and then you've got Grandpa, who, like I said, he's an old, horrifying, miserable fuck. Mm. And he's just like, he's too crippled and decrepit. And he's, but, you know, he's still very powerful. And then you have this little character. Her name is um, Perry. She's a little girl, but she is also very strong. So learning more about her, she becomes a lot more of a, uh, of a player in the second arc. And so there's just this great dynamic. And then you throw the this Landry, you know, and his family into the mix and everything. It's just if you're if you're into vampires, if you're into, you know, vicious art, if you're, you know, and, and you're into just great character stories. I mean, this is just. How I haven't read this book sooner is is baffling, and I wish I had read it sooner because it probably would have made my list that we did with Dork. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. and we saw what the influence that we had on Keith a little bit too because the tumble was very was yeah. very high on the list. Hotel was, and I'm sure that Gideon Falls would have been on there too. I just have not gotten to that one uh, yet. But I do want to ask: with this, do you see? Do you get the impression that this is one that has like a, an end in sight, or it's just gonna like? It's just going to keep going, and like this is something like Donny Cates could write for, you know, a hundred issues if he wanted. 
I mean, he probably could. I haven't gotten that. Like I said, I'm only halfway through or just mm-hmm. about halfway through. Right? But you so, know, but you know, when you get that feel of something like once in future is a really good example of that where it's like, I mean, I feel like there should be a finite end to this, mm-hmm. you know? And like I said, we're getting issue 31 next month. So I don't mm-hmm. know if that's going to be uh, a final arc mm-hmm. or if that's going to be okay. Taking a break, getting back on the horse. Cause you know, you want to talk about busy man. Kate's has also been a very busy man. <sighs> yep. Um, so so you know, we definitely I, don't talk about enough on here. Right, right. So I yeah, right. So I I mean I definitely think there should be like a finite, you know, whether that's 60, whether that's 90. I, I don't know yet because I haven't gotten far enough to know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you get that feeling, okay, we're 30 issues in. Okay, I can see this is gonna wrap up sooner yet, right? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have that exact feeling yet, but I can tell you this would make, I know you're going to ask it, a tremendous show. I didn't even feel like I needed to ask it. I was going to say this, like, like it sounds like a show. Oh, 100%. You could do this like True Blood, mm. right? Uh, the world is, at least is, where I'm at in the story, isn't as vast as what True Blood seemed to have been. But it but that could doesn't be mean that's not thing. the case. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Oh, 100%. It doesn't mean it's not the case, but it could also be a good thing because like True Blood was a lot. And it's like, you know, as much as I like True Blood, like you don't need True Blood again. Yeah. Yeah. And well, exactly. And you've got two human characters, which are you know, and those characters better than Sookie Stackhouse. She was so uh, well, I'll tell you what, Sookie, real nice, but uh, <laughs> okay, all right. Well, you know, you know, a Sookie guy, uh, not not particularly, no, okay. no, I, you know, okay, hot take, um, didn't think it was, sure. but anyway. So, that uh, real quick, the two human characters are Phil and Evil. And you, evil is, uh, he's a mute. He doesn't talk. He communicates uh, uh, by sign language. And when you get his backstory and when you see this guy in action, Nick. Yeah. I mean, we thought issue one of Berserker was fucking nuts. Oh, really? Yeah, this guy is fucking nuts, man. I'll tell you what. It seems and, like- but he's got like a soul to him. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. he's a good kid. But like, when that, when his, when this character switch flips. Uh-huh. Forget about it. By the way, you bring up Berserker, and it seems like people like I saw that on like a list recently. Like the somebody like did um I I, I don't think it was like a like a comic book reviewer, like a sort of reviewer of like liter- literacy and everything like that. Like um literary review, I don't even want to fucking call it. But like they like for the best graphic novels of the past year, or whatever. I think they put the first arc of Berserker on there, and it's like not a long list. I would call them fucking Keanu stands. I I mean, right? dude, because I, I mean. And here's the thing. I love Matt Kent. He's a great writer. The problem is, like, the story just hasn't evolved fast enough. It's no. the pacing. It's 100% the pacing. Yeah, no. It's 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 just so, like, you like throwing stuff in the past is cool, and mixing it in throughout the entirety of the story is something you can do, but they've just condensed it so much over, like, three things, and it's like... Ugh. You just it just isn't it's not making sense. But yeah. anyways, we're talking about redneck. So yeah, well, I don't know. Did you have more about redneck that you want to share? Yeah, no. I mean, I, like I said, you know, if you're a fan of horror books, if you're a fan of vampires, um, and you know, you're a fan of just you know really good, you know, art. I mean, this this book is it's perfect. Like I said, mm-hmm. this probably would have made my list. It's mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. This is mm-hmm. this is a must read. Period. So we're gonna have to propose to Rich that we do what we do next year is we go back and, and maybe retcon it because we'll have a, had a whole year to read some stuff. Um, you have the book that I'm talking about this week. I'm gonna talk about another one that came up in our conversation. Read that, American Vampire. Read read all those. You books well, that, well, you're the only one that hasn't read it. Oh well, right, but yes. that's what I'm talking about. Right, yes. Thirty Days of Night. Like read those books. Yeah. I, I just. And, and then go back and remake the list. The book that I'm talking about in the, I guess it'll be not the first week of 
for November. It would be the second because we have that interview and you know we'll explain what's going to happen when November starts in a bit. In a bit. But um, that book that I have planned that I mentioned in our uh, interview or it was like afterwards, or in our, or not interview, our conversation with Rich and Davey, you saw the art from that, that Garth Ennis story. And uh, that's some fucked up shit, right? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to be able to read it. I got to be honest. It is I vile. mean, I'm going to do it and I'm going to kick myself for doing it, but. It's some vile shit. I'll tell you what, that's vile and it's scary, but I would I would say this is a little bit scarier. And we've been waiting for this day for a while, Joe. This was the first book that I wanted to talk about when we're looking at Doctober. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to have an interview. We're going to have uh, with, with Scott and um, and Greg. What did we do the week before that? Because I feel like we, we, we had something else and we couldn't do um we couldn't do like we couldn't the do omnibus. Horrible. the omnibus we had the omnibus we had greg and scott and then and then the last week um we have the solicit so we only have one week to do horror books that's what i'm going to do on november but this week joe what i'm talking about is the book we've all been waiting to hear about bunny mask and really when i say we it's you because you're the only one that's not allowed to read it on the planet everybody else can go and have their fun <laughs> four issues this started a little bit earlier in this year this is of course from aftershock uh written by paul tobin the artist is andrea um muti and then the letters are done by taylor esposito um only four issues to the first arc we're gonna get the second arc next year i don't know how long this is gonna go for this feels like it has some legs where it could go on for a bit or Tobin could take this in a different direction and, and wrap it up in like three arcs. You know what I mean? Like there's, there are a few different ways I see this going, um, especially as I was thinking about it more before I talked to you uh, about this today. Now there, in, in the, you know, one way to tell if something's like going to be really good now in this day and age, like in the nineties, right? You had a ton of variant comics, variant covers, excuse me. And like, it just became a little bit too much for people. Right. But there are some titles that you still will get that with, and usually those are the really kick-ass ones um, that you know you have characters that you can have a lot of fun with. Indie comics, um, you'll you'll get it with you know Marvel and DC, but not like crazy amount. You may have one variant, but like Spawn, right? We get a fuck ton of Spawn variants. I was looking through this as I'm like just you know getting ready for the show. Like I looked at to see if there were variants for this um, on uh, League of Comic Geeks. I mean, even up to until the fourth one, there's like five variants for that one. There's a shit ton of variant covers for this. But I'm still taking the Andrea Muti covers for this every single time because his art was outstanding. But that kind of sh that little thing shows you just how good that uh, how much uh, you know our aftershock believed in this title and rightfully so. Um, I don't know what they do with their other stuff quite as much, but I, I don't feel like you have like these with these smaller indie companies a fuck ton of. Um, of variant covers, and you get that with this one. Now, time for a little synopsis, and let's talk about the actual book itself. Sealed in a cave before the dawn of man, released by a crazed madman, Bunny Mask walks our world once more. But for what dark purpose does she use her unnatural powers? And what's her connection to B. Foster, a young girl murdered by her father 14 years ago? In order to save his life and his sanity, one man will have to discover the truth of what waits behind the mask. Writer Paul Tobin and artist Andrea Moody unleash an eons-old legend upon an unsuspecting world, one that'll make your most horrific nightmare feel like a walk in the park. Which, yeah, oh, you got something to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which if you, you know, looking at that synopsis, now that's for the first issue, right? That's leading up to the series and everything. If you look at the second issue, quite I literally, like Bunny Mask is walking through a jungle gym, like, you know, uh, in a park, essentially. So um, it's, 
I'll tell you what, dude, the covers on these things are terrifying enough. And I'm reading, I read all of this during the day. I was not, I think I tried reading one at night. And then like, just when you see the character pop up a couple of times, it's just like, oh fuck. I legitimately get shivers. And I'll tell you what, you know, you, you're of course reading Redneck leading up to this. I was reading Bunny Mask as it was going on. But you know, when you've, when it's something you've read while it's going on and like, you know, it's, you get to the six issues or the fourth in this case, you, you want to go back and just refresh yourself on stuff, right? I, a lot of it was top of mind. I just need to see a couple pictures and I'm good. But Joe, I keep like all my comics are in at my place. Like I don't have stuff like stored at my parents' house or anything like that. Not, not comics at least. But I found – I have issue two. I have the final issue of the first arc, issue four. But I couldn't find the first one. And there's only so many that there can be. Like the only places that it can be. So it's like almost like it didn't want to be found, which is kind of – you know. Well, that may be a little creepy in its own way too. I was a little uncomfortable. Like seriously, I, I looked. I spent like a half hour looking for it. I had no is fucking it, clue. Is it under your mattress, the sweet paprika? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's right. It's right there. Um, but seriously, I was like, what the fuck? Like, that's the only one. Like, I really might want to go back and look at. But then I thought about it enough, and you know, <laughs> I, I I remember what had happened. And I don't need to see that shit again. It's fucking terrifying. Um, and like it, just like a couple notes on the first issue, like there's an investigation into B. Foster's father, um, who this guy's like lost his mind. He, and then the, the main character in this is Tyler Severin, who's part of this, who takes part in this investigation. He's actually a doctor, um, but I believe he's working like a social worker at the time. So he's he's doing all this different shit. And then in the end, like the, the ends up falling in this cave, which is related to all of B. Foster's father's craziness. Um, and then that's where Bunny Mask comes up and all this and what's so weird is like it's this character like, who has like a half like a batman like mask like not not a cowl but just like covering up her eyes her like her nose and eyes and up above that you can see her mouth and she's kind of got like this dazed look almost with her mouth where it's like kind of like you know how when like your like your parents say like when you're catching flies you ever had that as a kid yeah that that kind of like just oh, mouth open the no, whole thank time you. no thank yeah. you no it's thank terrifying um and then like there are times where you can hear a character talk, like when you're reading, like you can, you can hear it, like a different voice, right? And I don't, it doesn't happen often, but I definitely get that with this character. I get these vibes and it's just like so fucking spooky. And every time, like she, like in the first issue, we see a bit of her and then she's gone. Then you see her again, pop up in number two. You see her pop up again in number three. And it's just like these random spots. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like, when did you get here? Like, how the fuck did this happen? And I just, like, it's just, oh, every fucking turn with her. It's so good. Four, a lot of shit happens in four. Um, and I'll get to that a little bit in a second. Let me talk about some of the characters though first. So I mentioned Tyler Severin. He's a doctor. He has the, the accidental run-in with Bunny Mask um, as he's doing this with his investigation. Who And he met Bunny Mask like 14 years, like, in the past, when we're in the present. The first issue is in 14 years in the past, and then you, you bring it back to where we are in present day. We'll just call it now. Um, but then that's when Bunny Mask starts to pop back up again. And and how Tobin kind of described herself in interviews leading up to the series, um, an eerie supernatural woman with uncanny powers. Okay, Just to give you an idea, she's, she's pretty strong and everything, but you don't quite know what her deal is. Then we have B. Foster. And I'll say as weird as things are with Bunny Mask, thing there are maybe more questions surrounding this character. Like that, and that I feel like that's saying a lot because Bunny Mask is fucking terrifying. But you know how in the synopsis I said that that B is um is dead? She had 14 years ago. Well, that may not entirely be the case as you read the story going further. But then again, you're still also you're like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm gonna kind of leave it there like that because 
you guys will think you won't figure out as the, as the first arc goes along, but you're going to have the same fucking questions I had. Guarantee that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you all right. It's still, yeah. It's still yeah. That's, I just, I, I did the Instagram right for, you know, today and going through all those fucking covers and then hearing you describe it. And I just have like those covers in my head. Should, yeah, good. This book is gonna be fucked up, good. man. Yeah, like, for the, for those who are, don't follow us on Instagram, go check it out. As as you're listening to this, go check out um, go check out the art that Joe shared because it's fucked, man. And that's just from the first like two issues because you talked about the variant covers. Yeah, I think I just used most of the variant covers from issues one and two. So, yeah, because there's I so mean, much. They're fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah, and even just and even just Moody's on uh, Moody's on his own. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I apologize, but um, his I mean his art is so good too, and he does the colors on this too. And you got like that watercolor effect in this, like it's it's but like where we talk about with that with Die, where you have that watercolor effect, it's very different here. As much as you know, Die is also a dark fantasy. I wouldn't file that under horror by any means. Neither would you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely got that like fucked up vibe. Like yeah. th- that's I feel like with watercolors, that is something like that accents like what the fuck is going on kind of vibes like it does a really good job with that and it's just it's very unsettling like the entire time um because like she's like she gives you like she gives you chills like she's fucking terrifying creature character and then like she does like some like weird some really weird fucking shit like wait a minute what and it happens like the first issue and you see it pop up again maybe in the third and it's just like what the fuck is up with this character? What is her deal? Like, I don't know after the first arc what her deal is. Like, I kind of do, but I don't think that, like, you're supposed to because I don't think Tyler Severn fully knows what her deal is either. Yeah. Um, and, like, by like in the first three issues, it feels like it's going to be this, like, condensed thing, uh, this condensed story that's not going to, you know, it's like I, I think Tyler's living in New York and, like, where he met Bunny Mask kind of in the country a little bit more, so, like, maybe upstate New York or whatever. But then the scope by the fourth issue, like grows immensely. And then it's, it's I don't know if the, if Tobin's trying to like take this as like a larger scale thing, but I could also still be, see it as like, you're going to get a lot more people involved in this, but it's still kind of condensed to the area that Tyler lives because I, I have an, I like, I have a vision for like what this ending could be. I'm not trying to project my ending onto Tobin and let, like I want him to do his own thing, but I could see different ways where this could go and see this, like having like a finite ending, like, I don't know, maybe three, four arcs after this one. Um, it could go on for a while though, too. So is it, he's got it. He can go in a couple of different directions with this, and uh, I hope I haven't under like I didn't oversell it, sell it because like this is I, I hope you like this is one of my favorite things that I've been reading since it started. This is Shadecraft, right? I have it's, to read. Uh, Shadecraft was so good. Like it's, but I mean, I, I feel like I p- painted an accurate picture for you in this. I, I, I and they're both awesome for different reasons. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, the cover art alone sells it and, and, and sets me up for for something. You know, Thank you for waiting on this one. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Now, uh, movie, I would imagine for this. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I would think it would end up being. Um, yeah, it makes sense for this to be a movie. I mean, I, we need, I need to see more though to make a definitive decision, but it feels like it's a movie vibe for sure. Yeah, you mentioned the watercolors. You know, I think watercolors lends itself really well to horror comics because, you know, with watercolors, it it blurs the lines mm-hmm. and it gives that sort of specter-like feeling to the art. Mm-hmm. And so when you're reading that with the spooky, the creepy, uh, the macabre, yep. uh, you know, dialogue, I think it just enhances it, you know, because I think Cullen Bunn, uh, I can't remember the artist with uh, Harold County, that's in watercolors. That's get that gets some really you know uh, crazy vibes in it as well. So, so there's also another character who's like in this story that I, I don't 
I'm not going to mention names. You're just going to, you're going to hear from that character early on in the story. And then you find out who the character is later on in this arc. Um, but like, this is like a prime, this when I was thinking about um, like, she pops up randomly at one point later on after like outside of the first issue and the, the fourth issue, like in the second one, this is what I'm talking about where you're in his room and then out of nowhere, boom, there yeah, she is. fuck that. It I, is just like, I can't sleep with that shit. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm getting freaking goosebumps from it, man. It's so good. It's so I, yeah, good. I can't, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's what half the reason. I stopped watching The Walking Dead for two reasons. <laughs> One, because after season three, I couldn't take it anymore. Three. But two, um, I couldn't watch the shit next. It'd keep me up all fucking night. Mm. I'd mm -hmm. have to like watch it like the next day. Yeah, you know, during a lunch break or something like that, because I'd watch it before bed, and then uh, fuck it, I'm I'm up all goddamn night. You poor thing, you poor thing. Well, <laughs> that's what this book's gonna do to me. It, it, I really think it will. I don't think Cross will when I talk about it. That's the book I'm going to talk about next time around. But we still got a little bit between now and that. Um, because uh, actually, we should, now is probably a good time, Joe, for us to lay out the plans moving forward. Bunny mask. I hope you guys like it. I'm, I have I have no doubt if you like horror books. You're gonna like Bunny Mask. Like I, I know I didn't uh, like oversell this thing. Like I'm, yeah. I'm just being modest. Like fucking, it's it's kick ass. Same so, with Redneck. Same with Redneck. It, it sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, it sounds amazing. All right. So, um, of course, this week you guys are doing. I've heard it both ways. Or is it next week? No, we're on this week uh, Thursday oh. night. Okay, Thursday night, and you're doing episode nine of season. season three? Yep, season three, episode nine. It's Christmas in October, baby. Nice. Uh, <laughs> okay, so. Here is our new schedule, and this is starting next week, Joe, right? Yes. Not, not yes. in November. Okay. So starting next week our, on our normal week, so the weeks that we don't have interviews, we're going to live stream the show on Tuesdays, same time, 1.30, and it'll be the same show format and everything. That is not going to change. The audio will then drop Wednesday at midnight. So that way you guys can go and listen on your drive to the comic shop. So like, obviously that's been ideal. That would have been ideal from day one, but with my work changing, you know, since when we first started the show in the pandemic and now Joe's work changing, of course, back to work, baby. I'm so happy for you. Congra you. I've said congratulations, but I want to say publicly, like I'm so happy for you. Thank um, you. And we've been, we, I've been, we've been seeing this change coming at some point, but we wanted to wait till it actually happened and we knew what we could do differently. So this is what we'll do differently. However, on weeks that we have interviews and we're going to give you as much notice as we can, we are going to record only what's new, and we will still do that on a Tuesday, but the time may vary depending because sometimes we do interviews on Tuesdays. It's usually the best days for Joe and I to do that kind of stuff. So we will let you know as far in advance when we're going to have an interview, like November 3rd, that is, we are going to have an interview that week. So we, because we already have that one in the can, we'll be able to probably do what's new on that Tuesday at 1.30. We'll let you guys know next week for sure with the scheduling because we don't want to confuse you too much. We're already giving you a lot right now. But when we do that, the interview will continue to be dropped on Wednesdays. When we just do what's new on the weeks that we have interviews, that audio is going to come out on Friday like the old stuff. But on a normal week, you're only going to get audio on a Wednesday. So every Wednesday, you'll be getting shit from us from now on. No questions asked in audio form. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at TLDR underscore pod, because we will always be tweeting out updates on the schedule. If we have an interview, if it got pushed and we got to make an adjustment last minute. So that way you guys are as up to date as you can be. I mean, you should follow us there anyways, but now you have like a real reason to follow us there. Yeah. It's going to be a change and we'll get used to it, but you know, it's, um, it's exciting all around. And you know, uh, I'm, I'm still thankful that given with the new job, we could still, uh, me too. Do the show when we 
in the ballpark of when we normally do it. We didn't have to make any real drastic changes. So a win-win all around, yeah. baby. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a most important thing is that it fit with your schedule because you got, you got, you know, you got work now. So I, and I, I couldn't be happier for you. And I think honestly, in the end, this is a better for everybody. Um, in, in, in like, not just like, aside from the work part for you, like, I think it's better for everybody because it makes more sense to have, you know, stuff drop on new comic book day. Yeah. You know, that's why we put the interviews out on those days. Yeah. But anyways, so yeah. So if you guys have questions, feel free to DM us on Twitter, you know, whether it's you know, Joe and I directly or the show account. Um, you can also get us on Instagram too at TLDR underscore pod. We are not going to do scheduling updates over there. It's only going to be on Twitter. So Keep you keep posted. But if you subscribe to the show, then all, you're not going to have to worry. All the shit's going to come right to your phone, whether you're using, you know, Spotify, um, you know, Apple podcasts, or, you know, I don't know. I don't know if SoundCloud necessarily does that. I don't have SoundCloud, but anywhere you get, listen to us, if you're subscribed, the shit's going to go right to your phone anyways. So you're just going to, you know, you'll just be surprised when it comes out. So just make sure you do that. Okay. It'll yeah. be nice and easy. So that, that, so next week we will be broadcasting on Tuesday. It'll be a normal week for us. We'll talk about the, what's going to happen on the third next week. But until then, Joe, stay sexy. You know it.